Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Stoop. It's our second one this week, and it's our second one of 2016. We relaunched, we rebranded, and on Monday we had Kevin Sorbo. Great actor. It was a good interview. We really appreciated him coming on. I'm your host for tonight, Jonathan Raggis, and alongside me is not John Leary. It's not Joey Torres. It's Jeff Perini. <laughs> What's going on, Jeff? Hey, how you doing, John? Ah, doing good, man. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. No complaints. Yeah. What are you drinking over there? Uh, well, I'm going through the Christmas stuff. So uh, I got Santa's Little Helper by Port Brewing. Oh, it's a goodie. Keep me Perfect. warm. <laughs> yeah, and we need it right now because, man, is it cold out here on the Northeast. I don't know where everybody's listening in from. But we are under a blizzard watch, both uh, Jeff and I. We live out in Pennsylvania, right near Philadelphia. And, Jeff, we are going to get killed by tomorrow, uh, by, I guess, Saturday morning, they're saying. It's going to be talking, a, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're talking feet now. And I don't know about you, but I really don't want to shovel. No, I'm in, I'm in the... Uh... I'm in a townhouse, so shoveling is not going to be the worst, but uh, it ruins a few minutes of my day, and uh, I'd rather not. I'd rather sleep <laughs> and just watch that would, from my window. Yeah, I, I agree with that myself, but I got, unfortunately, I got a little bit of a bigger property, and they're saying it's going to be the wettest, heaviest snow we've seen since the, the late 1990s, which is like, oh, man, I really do not want to stand outside every hour on the hour to shovel stuff, because you know if you wait, it's going to be so packed, it's going to be so much, you're going to kill yourself even worse, so... We're damned if we do, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, a couple feet is what I heard today, two at least, uh, starting late uh, Friday night, Saturday morning. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a crunch. Uh, run up there and get your bread, people. <laughs> your bread and your eggs. Yeah, get your bread, your eggs, and and what else? I, I guess your milk you would need, right? I guess those are the three uh, basic necessities for a storm kit. Well, you forgot beer. I mean, you got to have beer. Well, I say you got Santa's little helper, so you're already <laughs> starting to warm up for the, you know, for the blizzard here. So that's a big deal. Yeah, got plenty of beer. Yeah, <laughs> gotta have, have plenty of beer in the basement. I have none. I have water and iced tea because, unfortunately, Jeff, and you're going to kill me. I don't drink that as much anymore. So yeah, eat your own. I'll let you slide it. More for me. <laughs> sacrilege, man! It's sacrilege. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I, w- I want to thank you, Jeff, for uh, coming on and hosting at the last minute with us. Unfortunately, uh, our other co-host, Joey Torres, uh, is a little under the weather. He's hacking up a lung, and I don't know how good that is for the radio. So, Joey, we miss you, and uh, hopefully we'll get you on here real soon. Really looking forward to it. But, Jeff, thanks again for uh, for coming on at the last minute and joining us for this episode of The Stupid. Sure. Um, yeah, no, we, it's a pleasure to have you here, man. Coming up at the uh, 8 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined by author Jesse Itzler. He wrote, Living with a Seal, 31 Days Training with the Toughest Man on the Planet. Let me tell you, Jeff, you didn't get to read the book, unfortunately. I got to read it. Joey got to read it. Not only is it a funny read, it's an insane read. It's absolutely insane. What happens is he gets a Navy SEAL. He sees him running in a marathon, and he says, you know what? There's something about this guy. He gets him to come to his house for a little over 30 days. And he lives with him, lives with him, his wife, and his young son. And this guy just comes into his room all hours of the night, wakes him up, makes him go on eight-mile runs after certain you know miles, makes him drop, do all these pull-ups, push-ups, chin-ups, anything you can name it, jumping into freezing lakes, man, with nothing on. It's insane. It's an absolutely insane read, and this is what he did. 
and I'm really, really, really looking forward to speaking with uh, Jesse Etzler about it. So, um, yeah, you know what, guys? If you're listening right now, stay tuned because he's going to be with us at the 8 o'clock hour, and I highly, highly recommend Living with a Seal uh, by Jesse Etzler. It's a it's a great read, and we're going to review it also on Sugarcoated Living at sugarcoatedliving.com where I'm going to give away a copy of it. And uh, if you really want to read it, wait for that post to come up. We'll uh, talk about it on here in the radio in the next couple of days. So when it's up, you go over there, you fill out the form, and you win a copy. So, Joe, um, Jesse, I was getting ready for Joey again. Uh, Jeff, let's talk about this. I'm going to jump into a little bit of sports right now. The National League, MLB Commissioner uh, Rob Manfred is saying by 2017, the National League is going to adopt the designated hitter rule. We've had it in the American League for God knows how long. We've never had it really in the NL. I, I don't believe we've had it for a very long time, if at all. How do you feel about the National League adopting the DH rule? Is it about time that they're doing it, or do you think that they should stay the way and let the pitchers still hit? I, I think it's about time. Um, the American League's had it for years, and it's worked. It's worked on every level. It gives certain guys a chance to get out there and, and play daily and just swing the bat. Watching a pitcher hit is dreadful. Pitchers, I mean, it, it's not their thing. I'd rather have my pitcher focus on being on the mound, getting his innings, getting his outs, than worry about running bases, swinging bats. Uh, especially being here in Philly. you you got a guy like Ryan Howard. You know what? Let a guy like Howard swing a bat and not play the field. Maybe it helps him rest and helps his bat. You know? so I'm, I'm for it. i got to say, I'd like to see it change the game up a little bit. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. You know, I, I, I was really against it years ago. Um, I always thought the National League, in my mind, was a better league than the American League because of the no DH rule, that they let their pitchers hit, that it was tougher – for a pitcher to hit than to just throw in whatever power hitter you had as your designated hitter. But now, I'm, as I'm getting older, I'm starting to believe that the, and that the National League really needs this. But it's going to hurt because I'm really going to miss guys like Bartolo Colon hit, and I think it's one of the funniest things to watch <laughs> in sports. It's absolutely hilarious, but I believe that if the Mets, let's say, for example, had the DH last year, I think they could have won some more games, and I think they actually could have stole a game or possibly even two in a World Series against the Royals last year. I think that's something that was really hurting them. They needed the extra offense. But let me yeah, ask the extra you this. Offense is, is yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you definitely need it. Now, Ryan Howard, you, you, you put up for for an example. Do you think Ryan Howard would be better as a DH or gone? <laughs> well, gone is beautiful. Uh, at, at the tone of $25 plus million a year, I don't see anybody taking that chance. Not a single team elite takes that chance. Yeah. Do you think it's time they just – just eat the money and drop him, or you think he's still a little bit has some value to this uh, Phillies team that's gotten rid of pretty much everybody but him? Well, I like the approach in training camp. Um, McCannon's coming out and saying that uh, you know if he's not hitting and he's not hitting lefties, he's not playing. And that's the thing you got to do, money or no money. It's a growing team; they're starting over fresh with some new players. If you got a guy out there that's not going to hit, you can't play him every day just on his name and on his salary. That doesn't work. So maybe this DH thing gives you a chance to put him out there a little more, swing the bat. Maybe he has a good year. Maybe he's got value. Somebody takes him on and you get rid of him. Yeah. All right. Let me ask you this, though. Speaking about my Mets, yes, I'm a Queens guy. My hometown Mets. Jeff is a Phillies fan, so you know there's a lot of hatred there. Just kidding. We actually like each other. (laughs) But, okay, Mets have let Daniel Murphy go to a division rival, to the Washington Nationals. Now we have reports that their big bat, the one that they acquired at the trade deadline in outfielder Jonas Cespedes, 
he's actually getting a $100 million offer, supposedly, which is being rumored right now, by the Washington Nationals. What do you, if, if you were the Mets general manager and you already lost a very good hitter in Daniel Murphy to your division rival, what do you do with Jonas Cespedes? Do you make an offer to match the Nationals? Do you let him go and allocate that money elsewhere? What would you do? Because I'm I'm just flabbergasted right now. Seems like, um, to me, Cespedes was the shot in the arm last year. They kind of need it. I mean, the guy's got a tremendous bet. Plays great outfield. Yeah, they talk about his attitude and the attitude of the Cuban players, what have you. But you know what? Guy's hitting home runs. Guy's playing the field like he can, and, and he's bringing that kind of energy to the team. I, I say you bring him in. I mean, nowadays in sports, what's money? What's $100 million to bring this guy back and uh, have him part of that team? If he goes to Washington, mm-hmm. Washington comes tough. I mean, they got the pitching. They paid big money for the pitching. They had a little bit of offense. They're going to be tough. So I think the Mets got to make the move. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, they need something. You lost Murphy, and now you might lose Cespedes. Does Neil Walker and Azul Cabrera, are they really the answer? No, they're really not because they're not power hitters, man. It's It was about time that the Mets went out and got a power hitter, and they did that in Cespedes. My question is, and I'm wondering, with the way he played in the World Series and towards the end of the playoffs there where he wasn't hitting at all, Wonder if that's scaring them off, thinking that this guy can't be the man on you know on a club that he can't be the name of, of an organization. I think he could still do it, but that's a lot of money for a guy that may or may not be a great playoff World Series type bat. So it's 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 going to be interesting to see what the Mets do here. Um, if he does go to the Nationals, you got to wonder if he's going to be the clubhouse guy that they're looking for. I mean, they're going to have a lot of a lot of funky things going in that clubhouse that they're going to be, you know, they're they're going to have to shift and work around. And I still think the Mets could be a better team depending on where they allocate that money. But it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to to baseball season, not only because of that, but because then it'll be warmer. Because I'm freezing, man. <laughs> it's chilly. Definitely, it's chilly. We uh, we were spoiled around Christmas time with 60 and 70 degree weather. Now we're paying the price. I mean, up until the beginning of 2016, man, it was warm. I was walking outside half the time in a t-shirt. Now. All of a sudden, out of the blue, winter jacket, mittens, scarf, hat, crazy <laughs> stuff. But if you're a Jesse Etzler, you probably went outside in a t-shirt and shorts and a couple of and a pair of gloves because, man, tell you, Jeff, I got to send you this book, man. You got to read it, man. It's it's going to change the way yeah. you think about things and certain people because it's crazy. It sounds great. It really does. Yeah. That, that sounds hilarious. Though. I mean, yeah, no, it, it really is hilarious. It, it really is, and you'll see. Um, when I when I when I speak to Jesse in a little bit, um, you'll see some of the things that I bring up to him that you're gonna be like, huh? What? Are you serious? No, that didn't happen. But there's pictures in the book of him doing it. And on Twitter the other day, he put up a video where he's sitting on the floor in the snow in shorts and a t-shirt, and Seal, I take it it's Seal, he's spraying him with a hose, cold water, in <laughs> probably five degree. Temperature. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane. I tweeted it out and I said, "Dude, you're insane." And what did it happen? Jesse liked it, so he knows it. But it's yeah, some great stuff. That, you got to know it. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, before we get into the next stuff, uh, let's talk a little bit about something we call beat the shark. Now, if you're an, an avid listener of this show, you know that we run websites such as Fan Junkies and Twenty Four Seven Sports of uh, a couple of years ago. Well, Jeff is the shark. If you have read it, he's the shark. So what happens is Jeff, he takes on 
certain class of, of people. The last time we did it, Jeff, we uh, played against a lot of the girls from the uh, Lingerie Football League. Uh, some of them became really good friends of ours, like Jamie Jacobson and so many others. And uh, what happens is during the NFL season, you pick the winners of certain games. They pick the winners of certain games, and then we see who matches up and who wins. And you actually lost that season. I lost. I finished second. Embarrassing. Disgraceful. But I'm going to talk about it on the air. You're supposed to be the shark. Well, you know, even even the best has its down day. Maybe I'll let him win, you know. I, I we'll go with that. I'll let him win. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to bring Beat the Shark back. I know I'm excited about it. I know, Jeff, you're definitely excited about it. Um, we're going we're gonna to bring it back to our uh, future website at stoopradio.com. Uh, probably within the next couple months, the site will be built. So keep your eyes out from not, uh, you know on that. But we are going to bring it there, and we're going to have uh, Jeff and some of his contestants uh, on, on the radio program here. Uh, Jeff, what kind of contestants uh, are we going to look at? Are we going to look at some more female uh, athletes? Are we going to look at? Uh, are we going to go back old school and uh, get some uh, models and some you know people from these bars that you frequent a lot? <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not on my own, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like I like doing a little, little bit of everything. I like the athlete touch because I got a grip mm-hmm. on sports. But uh, maybe we'll go like a triple header: me, an athlete, and uh, a bartender or a model or something of that nature. You know, a little bit of each and see who's got the uh, who's got the guts, who's got the the best know-how, and uh, if anybody can possibly beat me again, we'll take a look. Uh, I th- I think it's gonna happen, but that's just me saying because I actually like when you lost. It was pretty funny, but. Uh, before anybody jumps the gun and say, oh, my God, here we go, another place with models, the reason why we do that is because we know a lot of them, and we like to promote their careers, and what better way to promote that than to actually get them involved in something. And Beat the Shark was a pretty big outlet, I would say, Jeff, for promoting a lot of these uh, models and, and their work, whether it's their photos, whether it's being in magazines, or whether it's doing fitness. I think it's been a pretty big outlet for them. So. Yeah, it's, it's good for them, and uh, it's good to embarrass me. Everybody loves the embarrassing the big mouth guy, you know. <laughs> it's it's a lot. Everybody of fun. loves to beat the big mouth. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Um, anyway, we're in 2016, and over the last couple of weeks, a lot of uh, new television shows and even existing television shows have came back uh, with some new seasons. Um, Jeff, you and Cassie. Cassie is your woman, so we know she yeah. grabs you and she makes you watch certain television shows. Have you watched anything new at all in 2016? Uh, not much new. I, I some of the, uh, the regulars uh, were big time shameless junkies. Got to be the best show on TV. Brilliantly dysfunctional. Absolutely mm-hmm. love it. Uh, for the most part, I'm usually um, pinned to the TV watching some kind of uh, some kind of game. Right now, we're college yeah. hoops or hockey or anything of that nature. Yeah, no, I hear that, man. Um, I mean, you can't go wrong with sports. Yeah. Absolutely, she loves everything though. She's she's a cheap TV junkie. She watched that new uh, Billionaires on a um, uh, Showtime. i got to check that out. It looks really good. Like I said, we're always doing Shameless, uh, waiting for Gotham to return. That's a great show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard about that. Was it Billionaires you said on Showtime? Yeah, it's on uh, Showtime. Uh, Paul Giamatti, isn't it? He's excellent. Oh, Paul Giamatti's the best, man. I love Paul oh, Giamatti. He's fantastic. He is absolutely him, i got to see it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's brilliant. He's, he, you know what? He's one of those guys that do not get – the response that should that he should get. He, I think he could actually go into a movie and headline it. That's how great of an actor I think he is. 
but it never happens. Yeah, kind of like the uh, for years, kind of like the uh, the uh, Stuart uh, Seymour Hoffman thing. Kind of kind of an underground guy, excellent, always in the background. Eventually, he busted out. I think Paul should bust out. Guy's excellent. Paul's yeah, no, he's, he's absolutely excellent. Uh, I, unfortunately, I haven't really watched anything new. Just had a kid uh, this summer, so pretty much just taking care of the boy. But watching some of the existing shows, uh, one of the one of the best block of TV shows I think that's on television uh, today is uh, I believe it's uh, man I can't remember now. I think it's Tuesday night. You got the Goldbergs, Modern Family, Blackish. I think those three shows are absolutely three of the best television shows going today. They're they're funny. They're witty. They're they're very classy. They're done really well. And a show like Blackish, when it first came out, I can think of, oh, here we go. It's a show that's going to make fun of, of of just white people and the way, you know, black people do what they do. But let me tell you, absolutely brilliant. They make fun of white people, black people, Chinese people, Spanish people. But they do it in such a fun, fun way that you can't help but agree. You know, I don't I don't know if you've ever watched it, Jeff. But if you haven't, you got to check it out, man. I look at that. Uh... Definitely, like I said, Modern Family is, is done so well, too, because it's got every angle. It's got the comedy. It's got a little bit of sex appeal because it's got you know, sexy people. Um, it's it, it works on every angle. It you know it, it goes to uh, the gay couple, the regular couple, the older guy, the younger mm-hmm. girl. It, it plays every angle and does it so well. It's classy. And it, it's tasteful. It's just great comedy. And Al Bundy's in it, man. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with Al Bundy. <laughs> nah. Have you watched The Goldbergs? I've watched it briefly. Bits and pieces. It's actually pretty good. Um, yeah. I, I get so wrapped up in watching any game at all, and I, I tend to lose the, the sitcoms. But, you know, when I, when I do get a chance, I enjoy that one. It's very good. Yeah, but see, now that's why I, I think the DVR is a great invention. What I do is I DVR the shows the night before. I watch them the next day. I'm so sick of watching commercials. And if they're, like you said, there's a game on, I prefer to catch the live game when I could just DVR the other game. Uh, you know, the, yeah, great idea. Yeah, I mean it's 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 great. I don't know if you do that, but I highly recommend it, man, because you got to watch Goldberg's, man. It's, it's set right here in Jenkintown. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious yeah. stuff. Anything um, that anything to keep me from watching the news. I, I don't watch the news. <laughs> I watch the news in the morning before I go to work because I want to see what's going on in the world real quick. I want to see what kind of weather conditions there are, even though they're pretty much wrong ninety eight percent of the time. But, uh, you know, pretty much that's the only time I really watch the news, unless there's some breaking news on. Thank God there really hasn't been any knock on wood in the last uh, few weeks because, man, the end of 2015 in the middle, we had too much breaking news, man. Too many shootings, too many killings. Yeah. We don't need any more of that. Scary stuff. Absolutely. Um, another show I watch, I, I, I'm sure you've seen my post on, on, on Facebook, Jeff. I'm I'm big into family history and genealogy. Um who do you think you are on TLC and finding your roots on PBS? Absolutely phenomenal, fun, brilliant uh, shows. It's 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 not like an acting show. What they do is they'll take actors and actresses, musicians, whatever, and they just dive into their family history and they go back. I mean, sometimes they've they've reached out to people, man, from the 1300s. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible watching that stuff. I'm a big history guy, so uh, you know, good show, uh, you know, there as well. So. If if you're listening and you like the genealogy stuff, I highly recommend uh, Who Do You Think You Are on TLC and Finding Your Roots on PBS. Absolutely fun stuff. Um, wow, I mean, there's uh, so many different things going on in the world that we can talk about, Jeff. Um, 
in in a little bit, we're going to be joined by author uh, Jesse Etzler, who wrote Living with the Seal um, around 8 o'clock hour. He's going to call in, and we're going to talk about all of that good stuff. And then, uh, you know, we're going to promote future shows at the end of the show. We have uh, – really excited about this one, Jeff. We uh, got an email from somebody – that's looking forward to being on our show. We we haven't announced them yet. I kind of did on my personal Facebook page, so Jeff, you know who it is. Um, not going to announce them yet either today. I'm going to do that on Monday because hopefully by Monday we'll have a date and time um, for this guest. Excited. It's super excited. It's from the world of music and television at the same time. Jeff, you know who it is, and you're excited about it. Oh, I got the name. I saw the name. Totally excited. I'm hoping to be in this Spot instead of uh, just being a listener, because I'm real excited <laughs> to, uh, to hear this down. It's going to be outstanding. Well, not even named. You saw the picture, and that's what made you excited. The, you know, they say pictures worth a thousand words. I, I can go with a couple thousand words, say the truth, and just keep on going. <laughs> it's going to be that good. It's really, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's a great land. It's going to be great for the show, too. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, funny thing happened today. I got excited. I go on my phone at work, you know, on the side of Facebook now, you got the trending stuff where you look at all the news items and stuff that's going on. And uh, what do I see is that Disney XD is going to reboot Darkwing Duck. And, of course, I'm like, wow, that's great. But then I get home, jump back on, and what do I see? It's an April Fool's joke from this past April that resurfaced. And people were picking it up. I'm talking about big websites were picking it up that they could not believe Darkwing Duck was coming back and how excited they were. And they had to go back. And take all of that back, man. I, you see this happening on the internet time and time again, but I feel like it's it's a, it's a lot more lately where people are putting up these posts and with this false news. I mean, you had that one with um, with Leonardo DiCaprio recently in, in that new movie with Tom Hardy where they're fighting the bears and they're in the wild and stuff. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, there was a rumor going around, and me and John Leary were just talking about it on Monday that Leonardo DiCaprio got raped by that bear on set, and <laughs> And people believed it to the point where Leonardo DiCaprio had to come out and kind of say, it's not true. I didn't get raped by a bear. And then you always have these things of Keanu Reeves. I mean, Keanu Reeves has died probably a couple of thousand times on the Internet already, whether it's in a skiing accident, a surfing accident, or probably getting killed by a bear raping him. That comes out. People believe it and post it. And the other thing that bothers me, is when somebody dies and passes away two years ago, three years ago, somehow it resurfaces and people just keep posting it like it happened today. Uh, who, I can't remember who did it the other day. Oh, the father from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air surfaced the other day who died, I believe, a year ago. Or may actually probably longer yeah. than that now. And everybody's posting it on Facebook. Is Are people just getting lazy, Jeff, and they're not, they're not clicking these links anymore and checking dates and they're just – looking at the title and see the picture and just share it right away. Because I've noticed writing on the sports websites, and you and I have had this discussion in the past before, I feel like written content is, is done. Yeah. It's, it's funny you mentioned I got burned the other day myself. Somebody posted a link about the – and, and it's, just, it's just the craziest thing. Um, Skittles using cocaine. Cocaine-laced Skittles. And here I'm posting this online. People are commenting saying how crazy it is. And if you're reading the link, it's a hoax. At the end, it's a hoax. Like, you wasted a few minutes of my time and hours of time of people worrying about feeding their kids candy for the prank. <laughs> oh, man. 
<laughs> you, you, you always have to you, you always have to read it, man. You always, you always have to see where the date is, where it's from, because a lot of the times you look it up and it's like a satire site. Right. You know, people keep sharing it, man. Is you know, I, I don't know why people just jump on it and share it automatically without without checking the facts first. I mean, I've I've, I've gotten burned once. And unfortunately for me, it was from a fake Adam Schefter Twitter account. Um, he, it was this big NFL trade, and I, I couldn't believe it. And it had something to do with the Jets. And I tweeted it because I follow Adam Schefter, and he actually follows me back on Twitter. And I tweet, retweeted it, and then I realized right away, like, why does Adam Schefter only have 10 followers? So, of course, <laughs> I deleted it right away. But it's, like, but it's, 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 it's real easy now to get schemed on the Internet. And I'm not talking about for your credit card and stuff like that. I'm talking about in just – in content alone, you know, whether it's somebody who passed away or as we saw today with Disney XD and this whole Darkwing Duck reboot, um, it's so easy to do it now. And I, and I always wonder why people do that. Do they do that for the fun of just scamming people or are they doing that for traffic to go to their fake website so they get the advertising dollars? It's it's just crazy, you know. It's it's just crazy. But yeah, the Darkwing Duck reboot that kind of broke my heart today. I was looking forward to it. I like that show. I'm that a little uh, I'm a little nervous because uh, now I'm thinking the Prince of Ethiopia is really not sending me a hundred million dollars. Oh, oh yeah, that's that's what I was hoping <laughs> for. I was waiting for the uh, for the Somali king to send me my riches, and I gave him my bank account and social security. I really trusted him, but it didn't happen. Well, that's how you get the money. How else would you get it? That's a great idea. How many idea. people you think actually did that? Uh, I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there's some because it, it didn't. It didn't die out. It went on for years. People kept sending it. And man, if I had a nickel, Freddie Prince's daughter, I was about to marry. Oh, I mean, wouldn't even need them. And I still get those emails every once in a while. I'll, uh, you know, take a, uh, you know, take a look at my spam filter, and there you go. Just sitting there. Other, oh, yeah, fine. What's that? <sighs> crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. I got the. Uh, I got the dog roaming around here in the studio, so you get a little, yeah. get a little He's enjoying the, the show. He's got a little fear. He can't have any. Hey, that's all right, man. <laughs> we, we like having our dogs in the studio. My mine aren't here right now, but Jeff's is, and why not? Why not? Uh, all right, we're going to be joined by Jesse Itzler in just a little bit. Um, I think we have a, a, a listener calling in right now, so I'm going to uh, connect them real quick. Uh, Michael Kane, fifty-four, you're on air. How you doing, Michael Kane? I must say, you are on a roll. Brilliant. You're absolutely brilliant, and that's why I listen to you. Oh, yeah. This is Michael Caine, legend of stage and screen. <laughs> this is great. This is absolutely great. We're being joined by Michael Caine, the Michael Caine right now. This is, this Did is you ever see Inception? I was wonderful in that. He was. He was wonderful in that. Yes, yes he was. Yes. I wanted to talk a little bit about my dear departed friend, David Bowie. What about David Bowie? He was, he was a great person, Michael Caine. What a talent. One of a kind. A living legend until he died. Absolutely. I would, I, would, I would love to know who's doing this right now. This is absolutely phenomenal. I love this. So many people talk about his sexuality. I say, who cares? <laughs> this, is, this is phenomenal. This is phenomenal. Michael Come on Caine now. The man wrote Space Oddity. He can have all the gay sex he wants. Oh, that's terrible, man. All right, now we have to disconnect Michael Caine. Nah, see, now we have to disconnect Michael Caine. Michael Caine, you went too far. 
He went absolutely too yeah, far. Too I'd love to know who did that. That's got to be one of our friends. That's absolutely terrible. I'm a big David Bowie fan. Apologies to his his family and friends. Not like they're actually listening to us, but if they are, that would be pretty cool. And <laughs> But Michael Caine, you know what? I saw it coming up on the switchboard here. <laughs> Michael Caine, are you serious? Oh, man, I wish I knew who that was, but that's absolutely great. That's absolutely great. All right, we're uh, just about to hit the 8 o'clock hour. We'll be joined by author Jesse Itzler in just a little bit. Um, I'm glad that happened now and not when Jesse called in, although I'm sure yeah, he would have no. got a kick out of it. Oh, man. Absolutely Always funny. Michael King. Oh, yeah, right? Why not? Why not? Yeah, Michael King. Uh, well, anyway, if any other uh, celebrity types like to call in, the phone number is 646 668-8150. You can connect with your Skype on our studio right now on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, that, that was great. That was great. We have, we have an anonymous coming through. This 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 could be Jesse Itzler. I hope it is. Um, it might be Michael Kane again. I'm not really sure, but let's see <laughs> if we're going to connect. Anonymous, you're on here. Jesse, is this you? Who cares if he sucked off Mick Jagger? I just hope Mick returned the favor with the dick-sucking lips of his. Oh, man. I got to find out who that is. I got to find out He's who that is. He's not holding back. Michael, Michael Caine is not holding back. Michael Caine, man, uh, or who, whoever it is, it's terrible. 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 Don't disrespect the dead like that. It's absolutely awful. Um. We should be joined by Jesse. Hopefully it's not Michael Caine again <laughs> that's going to be calling in. Um, Maybe if Jesse we, yeah. is Michael Caine. And <laughs> yes, if 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 he is, that would be that would be grand, absolutely grand. Um, so far, nobody's calling in uh, on my end. Uh, we'll, we'll be joined by Jesse Etzler in just a little bit. But Jeff, look, your first radio show with us. You got to, you got to speak to the great Michael Caine. How do you feel about that? Incredible. Talk about starting at the top. I mean, I'm expecting to just, you know, talk some topic and hear uh, Michael Caine just tell me about uh, and, uh, the dead. And <laughs> wow, never expected that on my first time around. <laughs> Once again, don't know who called in. It's somebody pranking us. Uh, we apologize to the to the memory of David Bowie. Great guy, man. I was, you know, we, we spoke about him on Monday and, uh, it, it, it was sad, man. I mean, I, I was blown away that he passed away. I mean, so many people passed away over the last, uh, you know, wow, God knows what, uh, four or five weeks now? Yeah, a lot, a lot of music related, too. And uh, I was lucky enough to see Bowie one time. Um, him and Nine Inch Nails out in Jersey, just phenomenal. And great artist, great music. And something that wasn't really, I mean, a lot of these guys, you hear their stories, you hear their conditions. Uh, Lemmy, same thing. Lemmy. We kind of knew he was sick, but you know, yeah, he, but not yeah, yeah, we spoke a lot about the people that passed away uh on Monday, uh, really sad few weeks, um, but we'll get back to that at the end of the show. Uh, right now, uh, we're joined by Jesse Itzler, who's uh just wrote Living with the Seal 31 Days Training with the Toughest Man on the Planet. Jesse, what's going on, man? How you guys doing? We're doing hey, good. Jeff. I don't know if you've been listening, but we just got joined by Michael Kane. I love it. Yeah, I love pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Um, been reaching out to you through Twitter the last few days as I'm sitting here reading your book. And uh, you know what? Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your experience and what this book is about? Yeah, sure. It's um, you know I never planned on writing this book. I was at a 100 uh, mile race in San Diego. I was running it as part of a relay race with six friends, 
and there was a guy next to me at the starting line who was running the entire race alone. Mm-hmm. And the race was unsupported, so you had to bring all your own supplies. We had a tent, you know, food, bananas, and this guy literally had a bottle of water, a box of crackers, and a fold-up chair. And he was about wow. 270 pounds. And he, uh, by, at mile 70, he had broken all the bones, in uh, the small bones in both of his feet because of his weight. And I watched this guy on just pure will, guts, whatever, you know, finish this run, run 30 miles on these broken bones. And I was so intrigued. I Googled him. I learned he was a Navy SEAL. I cold called him. He had an amazing backstory. I cold called him and flew out to meet him. And about 10 minutes into our conversation, I just said to myself, you know, my life would be so much better if whatever this guy had psychologically rubbed off on me. And I asked him to come live with me for a month. And he said, yes. And I, I, I started out as a blog about our journey together, and um, people got so intrigued by, like, this this kind of site, his mentality mm-hmm. and what makes a guy like this tick that I turned it into a book. Yeah, it's, it, it was a phenomenal read. Um, I have a bunch of questions I do want to ask you, I and, and seriously, not just because you're on a show, I, I really found this book to be a phenomenal, phenomenal read, and I've taken so much out of it. I've written down things you've said. I've written down things that Sheila said to you. And I've even written down uh, something that your wife said to you, and we'll get to that in a little bit. I, it was something I really enjoyed. Um, Great. When you started this adventure, this experience, um, and you said, you know what, I want this guy to come live with us, what kind of conversation did you have with your wife, Sarah, about that? Because I'm sure <laughs> she must have just looked at you like, you're nuts. Well, you know, she's nuts, too. So it's it's, it's good balance. Uh, You know, she's an entrepreneur. She owns her own company. She owns Spanx. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's she's made her living putting herself out there, taking chances. So, you know, for a lot of people saying, oh, I'm having this Navy SEAL, you know, come live with us, who I don't know, would be absolutely outrageous. For her, it wasn't as outrageous. But I sort of slipped it in, like I said it really quickly, like, you know, Friends come to live, like, it's so fast, you didn't really know what I said, and I got a half yes out of it. I yeah. took it as a full yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, she she was she was hesitant, obviously. She, you know, she was a little weary, but they, they, they ended up having a great relationship. And he came from a completely different world. Um, his backstory, a tough childhood, toughest childhood imaginable mm-hmm. basically growing up. He grew up in Brazil, Indiana, one of three or you know, a handful of African American families in a, in a town that the clan basically was, you know, twenty miles away is where it originated. I mean, he had a really tough he was raised in a really tough house and I grew up completely differently. I grew up on Long Island. And um mm-hmm. so but when our world's coming together um, he and my wife actually created this really amazing friendship out of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, all that went out the window, all of her, like, hesitation or concern once he moved in and once the rhythm was established. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that's crazy. Um, i got to ask you this question. I'll get this one out of the way because we have more serious questions after this, but there's one part of the book when I read it, and uh, I tweeted this out the other day. I felt a little bit of pain below and you know what I'm talking about. Um, you, 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 he had you running so hard, and it, it's just nuts some of the things in this book. 
your 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 bowls were actually bleeding while you were running. Um, <laughs> at that point, when you when you saw your bowls were bleeding, <laughs> what was going through your head, man? Was was it like, I, I why did I do this, or should I just tell him to leave? Like, what was going through your head at that point? Well, first of all, like I was thinking to myself, how crazy this guy is because it's five thirty, it's a snowstorm. At that time, we were in Boston, and what happened I. I was on a business trip, and part of the deal that we made was he was going to shadow me and do. Yeah. I had to do everything he said, mm-hmm. and he was going to come everywhere I went, you know, and just kind of be on my hip. And on this particular day, it was the second day of our of our 31 days together. So the, the, I I packed to go to a trip. It was a, it was a same day trip. We were flying to Boston, flying back. So I didn't bring really any running clothes, and I was running in boxer shorts in the freezing. And and I, and I had this situation, and honestly, the, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking one, and it got lost. So the long the, the race the, the run was longer than it was supposed <laughs> to be, like supposed to be six miles, and you know he got lost, which is impossible. And I was just thinking to myself, how in the world? A, I want to get home, and B, how in the world am I going to go twenty nine more days? Because he didn't give a he couldn't care less about my nuts. <laughs> That's tough, man. Now, did he actually get lost, or did he just you think you think he did that on purpose because he wanted you to run more? I, I actually, I think he actually got lost. <laughs> you know, we, we were, I mean, I, which is a, which is crazy because he he, I mean, he could find, you know, he could find that the pin, he could find anything anywhere with no GPS. But on this particular day, somehow our six mile run, we, you know, we got lost. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh man! Well, our, my our other co-host, unfortunately, he couldn't be on tonight because he's sick. Uh, he read the book uh, along with me, and uh, he was actually trying some of the workouts um, in this book. As you can see, he's not here, so I'm going to take it that it, it pretty much killed him. Um, just some crazy, crazy stuff we were doing. Now, after Seal left, um, did you keep up with the routines? Are you still keeping up with the routines now? Like, are you getting up every morning and doing the same things that? Seal implemented for you. You know, I, the answer is I kept up with the with the mental side of it. So he had okay. a motto: every day do we had to do something that sucked, and we had to get out of our comfort zone. You know, really get comfortable being uncomfortable to get mm-hmm. better. And and that that's something that stuck with me. So every day I try to do something that I really don't want to do, and push myself by doing that. But Zach, you know, as far as keeping up with the you know, the level of how hard he pushed me, I couldn't do it. In fact, when you left, I took like six weeks. I took six weeks off. So my takeaway was was the psychological side of it. Um, yeah. I mean, I got in great, in, in insane, insane shape. Um, but, you know, that's so hard for, for any of us, even professional athletes. It's mm-hmm. so hard to keep that all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, But when you get that little voice in your head, and and that's something, you know, when Gazoo, what's the guy in the Flintstones that pops up in the corner, you know? Yeah, like the great Gazoo. Pops in, yeah. yeah, when Gazoo <laughs> pops into your head and starts telling you, you know, or Obi-Wan Kenobi starts telling you, that <laughs> never leaves. So I, get, I get that little Obi-Wan voice once in a while. That's crazy. That's crazy. Now, I know at the, uh, at the end of the book, um, your wife was thinking about talking to Seal, or she did talk to Seal about, him training her. Has that happened yet? Is that going to happen? <laughs> uh, you know, they, they had a short little little 
thing, but um, I don't think it will. It never happened, and I don't think it, I don't think it will happen. We left it in a good place, and yeah. he and I are in a good place. Uh, and he's a tough guy. Tough guy to understand and and to crack his code is tough. And yeah. um, so we left it in a good place, and uh, I think we're just gonna, you know, leave it as is. Absolutely. Now it, it's. I'm reading your book, and I know that you dabbled in music for quite a while before this. You did some rapping, um, and and as I'm reading this book, I said, you know what? I, you, your picture's on the cover of this book along with Seal. I mean, you have a familiar face. I'm trying to think who you are, and then as I'm reading the book and I'm getting deeper and deeper and deeper, um, I realize it because you actually wrote it, so I didn't have to really dive, dive in it too hard, but you had the song called Shake It Like a White Girl uh, in the 90s. Um, was on MTV. I, I remember it vividly. Um, so my question for you is, it, you know, as an entrepreneur now, um, is the hustle and bustle just as satisfying as when you were younger and you were trying to break into music and you were cold calling all these people and doing all the stuff to try to get to where you want to be? Or is life now just as satisfying? It's a great question. You know, um, there's nothing like the journey and there's nothing like the process. So I would trade it all to go back to when I was 21 and I finagled my room into, into a rec, my, my way into a record executive's room to get a record deal. Mm-hmm. I'd trade it all to go back to those days and cause there's nothing like that journey. But I still love challenges. You know, I mm-hmm. love newness. I love the honeymoon period. So so I, I still like living in that. And I get bored easily. So... Mm-hmm. So for me, now they would say you're you're highly ADD and they give me all kinds of stuff. But for me, that was my, you know, that was just a great gift that was given to me. I get bored easily, try to Mm -hmm. master something, be the best that I can at something quickly, sell it, whatever, and then move on. That's always Mm -hmm. kind of been my thing, only because I like new challenges and I like new experiences. I like building my life resume. I like, you know, I'm not a check, I'm not a, um, I don't dwell on stuff. Yeah. I kind of just like to check the box and go to the next thing. And so for, so it's still, I still love the challenges. I still love the hustle. I still get excited about new things if they're unique and different. And, you know, I just had a thing. I just, I went to a dinner about maybe a little less than a year ago. And at, at a dinner party. And before the party, they went around, they made everyone at the table, about 12 guys, go around and say, Name three people that were living that they want to have dinner with, and everyone was saying, you know, Bill, Bill Gates, Clinton, Gates, Buffett, all the guys you would, you would think, and gals mm-hmm. you would think, world leaders, this and that. Yeah. And when it came to me, like honestly, the three people I wanted to, I wanted to have dinner with were all like rappers that influenced my life. Like I wanted yeah. to meet the people that genuinely shaped me when I was growing up. So mm-hmm. after the party, I left and I invited them. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to invite those guys to my house. And last Friday, they all came. Wow. So, so I still, I still really, and, and and that was more exciting than any deal, any, you know, um, you know, race crossing the finish line, anything like that. I, mm-hmm. It was, a, it was like a real thrill. So I still, I still, a long-winded answer to your question. I still like that the process. I still like the, the hustle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's absolutely amazing. You know, most people, if you ask them that question, they're going to tell you somebody that's either, you know, long gone 
and and passed away or somebody that they'll never ever even get a chance to even you know breathe next to so that's absolutely amazing do we get to know which three rappers you had dinner with well i invited i invited 12 and nine were able to come and they were all they were all uh they came from all over i mean um, you know, Rakim drove, nice. doesn't fly. Yeah. So he, wow. he drove 28 hours round trip to wow. come to the dinner. Wow. And uh, all my favorites, Dougie Fresh and got DMC from Run DMC and yep. Big Daddy Kane, all the classic New York beats. That's all. amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. What's that? What was that, Judd? That's, that's, that's an awesome outing right there. That sounds amazing. Yeah, that's, that's oh, awesome. man, that's, I, I mean, wow. I mean, I mean, even if you ask me now who I want to have dinner with, half of them are probably long gone or people, you know, that I'll probably never even get to meet, although I've met so many uh, celebrities in my lifetime. But, wow, that's that's just absolutely amazing. That, you know, that makes me think now, um, you know, if I can ever do something like that. Um, I'm a Queens guy, Jesse, uh, you know, yeah, born no, and raised. In, in Queens, um, so I have to thank you, man. You know, big New York Knicks fan. Growing up, watching some of the greatest Knicks teams I've probably ever seen in those early '90s. The Go New York, Go New York, Go theme, Dan. That was created by you, and that's it's. Thank you. I mean, that that was such a big staple in that in that middle '90s right there, man. That song was everywhere. It was on. I remember them playing it on Z100 and Hot 97. I remember the actual yeah. video with Mace and and Oak and Starks and everybody. How that must have been just awesome, man, because you're you're from New York, you're a Knicks fan. So in order to create that and have all these players and all these different celebrities from New York City in that video for Go New York, Go New York, Go, how is that, man? How is that to watch? It was unbelievable. I mean, first of all, you have to remember I was 22. So yeah. I just, I had, um, I didn't know where my life was going to take me. Mm-hmm. I had, um, and, and I'm a huge Knicks fan. So to go to the guard, and, and the world was different then, you know? Mm. So uh, there was no streaming, there were no, it was all live events, the music, it was just different, it was different times. So to go to the guard and watch the team that, to me, was everything in sports. I mean, I bled orange and blue. To go in there and see the reaction and the way that the song took off in the 90s, because it was, it was a big deal then, mm. it, was just, it was great. Now, I, I think I lost $400 writing the song. <laughs> you know, by the time they, they paid me four, they paid me four grand, and by the time I paid the studio, you yeah. know, the stickers, the this, the that, my lawyer, I think I cost me four hundred dollars. And then all my friends thought that I would get free tickets, and I, oh. I didn't want to like, I didn't want to let the perception down, so I started buying tickets from scalpers. It cost me more, <laughs> more money in tickets for my friends. At the end of the day, I ended up like this song cost me a fortune, but it was, it was a great, it was my calling card, man. It was, it, it was that was a pivotal turning point in my life and I would I would have paid the next twenty thousand dollars or I would have borrowed it at least to pay the next for the for the opportunity to do that song yeah that's amazing because that song was just absolutely everywhere in New York City man I remember like I said I turned on any station you turned on on New York City radio I think I heard it at least once on every station including the Spanish stations which was great so amazing yeah, stuff. No. um Great. It's yeah, it really is. Um, you know, something I wanted to ask you from a from a personal standpoint. Um, you know, I've I've worked in sports media for years, and we started doing this radio show a, a couple of years back. And um, you know, I've I've run Ranger Nation for the New York Rangers. Uh, it was it was a fan, it started off as a fan site in the mid to late '90s, 
And I just shut it down last year. I mean, that's how long it's been going. And it was such a big deal to be able to speak to so many legendary New York Rangers players, especially Adam Graves, who was my all-time favorite. So that's one guy I would love to have dinner with right there. But I got to speak to them so many different times. But uh, as as a smaller-time, I guess, entrepreneur myself, um, I have to ask you, what, what, what advice could you give a guy like me and Jeff and John and Joey uh, we're we're running this extremely popular podcast, and like I said, we've had so many different guests of of such big name stature, like you know, from actors and actresses to musicians, and so many different sports uh, athletes and professional wrestlers. What kind of advice can you give us? Because we haven't really hit our stride yet. But you know what? You're doing the most important thing. You guys are doing. I can hear it in your voice. You're doing what you love to do. And you just Absolutely. said you've interviewed your favorite play. You've, you've interviewed your favorite player multiple times, or spoken to him multiple times. Mm-hmm. You're meeting mm-hmm. interesting people. You've, you've been able to go from living in Queens to having a long run with Rangers Nation to this podcast to everything that you're doing. So, you know, I would I would say that that's pretty damn successful. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to, if you're saying that you haven't monetized it, you know, well maybe that hasn't been the focus, or maybe that. Maybe that hasn't happened yet, but it sounds like it's been super successful. I, I, you know, so many people, you know, uh, grade themselves uh, or are hard on themselves because they haven't made a lot of money or as much money as they wanted to do, but they're doing what they love to do. And you think about how many people are doing what they don't love to do and not mm-hmm. making what they want to make. You know, so um, you're already you're already ahead of the ahead of the curve. Um, um, but. You know, for me, I think um, I, it's so funny because when I started out, all I wanted, I remember it was crystal clear, like I always had a movie in my head that or, or where I wanted it to be, but I never had the script. Mm-hmm. And my movie was simple. I wanted to have, I wanted to have, have enough money to buy a pool, go on a two-week vacation, because I'm like, I could work 50 weeks as long as I get two weeks in like Mexico you know, it's yeah. a great hotel. Um, that's mm-hmm. fine. That's, like, great. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have a huge fruit eater. I wanted to have my own little fruit situation at my house so I could grow my own stuff. Absolutely. And that's all I wanted. And I was like, if I get there, and what happens is once you get there, then your goals change and you want more. And then you get to a point where, all, really, the most rewarding thing isn't making the money or anything like that. It's spoiling your friends and your family. It's being able to do what I did, you know, like fly in, you know, you're, these amazing artists and expo- and getting exposure to interesting people and, you know, that kind of stuff is where it co- becomes fun, not getting a fancy car. So you might already be there and might not even realize it. You know, a lot of times the yeah. money can complicate things. Yeah. So you might already have the success without realizing it. Um, yeah. But, you know, without knowing enough about the nuances of how the pods and everything you're doing is set up, yeah. um, it'll be hard to really advise on it, mm-hmm. but um, sounds like you guys are sounds like you're in the right lane. Yeah, well, we're trying, man. This is definitely something we love to do, and we're just going to keep going. Um, you know, before we let you go, there's a part of your book I, I, I want to read right now. Um, and if 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 you can, Jesse, I would like you to thank your wife Sarah for me because this really resonated with me. Um, Seal asked you what you did with your money, and you said instead of going into in depth stuff about your portfolio, you said something that your wife always says and. It says, money is fun to make, fun to spend, and fun to give away. And then you said she also says that she thinks of money as a big magnifying glass. If you were a good person a good person before you had money, then money makes you an even better person. If you were a charitable person before you had money, 
then money makes you even more charitable. But if you were an asshole before you had money, well, then money <laughs> makes you an even bigger asshole. And I absolutely love that because it is true. It, it is 110% true. And, you know, being able to read stuff like that, um, you know, it, it's, it sits with me. And I actually, I wrote it down, I printed it out, and it's hanging up on my wall right now. So thank your wife for that. That's absolutely amazing. <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite. Both of those are my favorite quotes. And my wife's got all these like little nuggets that she'll say, and I'll write them down. Mm. But those are powerful, and you know what? It's it, time and time again they both prove themselves true. You know, and mm. it's it, it's true. Like God, you're an asshole, and all of a sudden you got you get into money a lot of time, you just become a bigger asshole. You know, <laughs> and there's and there's plenty of guys that are that have made money that were great guys before, and they're the first guys to grab their friends and say, "Let's go." Or the first guys to treat everybody or pick up the bill and all that and, and, and do all the stuff that they should do. And, you know, it's just crazy, man, how, how, how that exposes you. And it is a magnifying glass. You know, people look at you differently and how you react, and, and, and it's true. And as far as the other quote, you know, it's along the lines of what I just said, you know, um, as it relates to money. You know, it's fun to make the journey. The process is so fun. You guys are going through it now. you got to figure out you know, how you're going to monetize it or get to a place where where whatever your goal is, you know, and yeah. that'll happen. Um, it, and and it's, it's fun to spend. You've, it's your hard-earned money. So now it's like, you know, all of a sudden you can have, you know, if you have brown rice in the morning, at night, you can have a bigger plate of brown rice and you can mm-hmm. decide what you want to have and that's always fun. Um, but it's also super fun to give away. You know, Absolutely. I mean, it probably feels a lot better to give away to a good cause or do something that you know you know, had an impact or move it, or move the needle, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, blowing it on a uh, a bottle of champagne at a club. No, yeah. no, that's man, that's that's so true. Oh man, it takes a long Thank time you. to figure that. At, tw- at twenty-one, that bottle of champagne is good, but at forty-seven yeah. years old, you know, um, seeing people's emotions when you know when you when you actually have an impact. Is last way way longer. Yeah, and I, and you know what? That's true. I feel like I'm there right now. That's great. Thank you, Jesse. Um, Living with the Seal, 31 days training with the toughest man on the planet. Absolutely phenomenal read. Um, you can check it out. You can buy it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. So many different outlets to get it. We're actually going to be giving away a copy of it on our website over the next few weeks. So um, listen in for that. Uh, Jesse Itzler, thank you so much, man, and I hope we can get to get you on this show again in the real near future. It'll be great, guys. I appreciate you thinking of me, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jesse. Okay. Thanks, Jesse. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Absolutely phenomenal. Such a such a good guy, such a humble guy. Um, I I really enjoyed reading his book, and I enjoyed even more talking to him, and I, I really cannot wait to talk to him some more real, real soon. Re- very nice guy. Very, very humble. Like I said, very humble, very motivational, and Jeff, you got to check the book out, man. Yeah, definitely now. It definitely sounds like a great read. He, he is. He's a real guy. Money or no money, he's a real guy. and tells it like it is. And it's inspiring, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's done so many different things, and he's still striving for more. I mean, you know, you, you know, you can look him up. The guy has he has money. He has he has businesses. His his wife is the founder of Spanx. Um, I believe his wife even has um, some ownership of the Atlanta Hawks as well. Um, I don't know if she still does or not, but I remember reading that online somewhere. 
um, you know, they they have it, and he still strives for 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 better. And that's the kind of that's the kind of person I want to be with this podcast, Jeff. You know, uh, we we've been doing this for a few years now. We've did Ranger Nation for so many years. Now this is the deal. We've had so many great people on, and I have to say, you know, I, I've I've been able to interview Adam Graves and actors from from DB Sweeney and Kevin Sorbo and Dave Coulier, right on down to you know some some amazing athletes and professional wrestlers like George the Animal Steel. And I have to say, Jesse Itzler has been my my all time favorite guest on this radio program. And you know, I'm just taken aback by the guy. It's great stuff. Like I said, living with the seal, 31 days training with the toughest man on the planet. Um, you can buy it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Google it. Um, we'll talk about it more on our show on Monday. And like I said, we're going to eventually give away a copy on my website, sugarcoatedliving.com, as I write a review on the book up there. Um, all right, so uh, we're getting to the tail end of the show here, Jeff. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Monday's show real quick. We're going to be joined by actress Jamie Bernadette, and we're going to talk about her newest movie, I Spit on Your Grave, Deja Vu, which is the sequel to the original I Spit on Your Grave from the late 70s with actress Camille Keaton. And Camille Keaton wow. is playing her mother in it. Uh, Jamie Bernadette's playing her daughter, and about, I guess, the same thing really goes on in the movie like it did in the first time, and she has her vengeance with the guys. Uh, it's... I. I've I've followed Jamie's career now for a little bit. We're friends on Facebook. She's a, she's an absolutely phenomenal phenomenal lady. Uh, super nice. I'm really really looking forward to that show. It's going to be a really good one, Jeff. Um, like we said earlier, we have a, a really good guest. We're going to unveil on Monday's show. Um, probably after we speak with Jamie, um, as long as we get a date and time confirmed, and uh, we're going to use that probably in February for our Women in Rock because she is a women. A woman of rock. It's going to be some great stuff. You can take many, many guesses, and you're not. She's not a vocalist. She's not even in a band, but she's a big deal when it comes to metal. That's your hint. Really good stuff right there. And also on February 8th, we're going to be joined by Jessica from Psycha and Dan Gutschmidt, the lead singer, lead guitarist of Adrenaline, is going to be co hosting with me that night. It's going to be a kick ass show. We're going to have some kick ass music. So we went from rap with Jesse James Itzler. And now we're going to go into the world of rock and metal, man. Jeff, it's going to be awesome, bro. Really looking forward to it. we got to get you on for one of those shows, man. I'm on. I'm on board. <laughs> you name it, I'm on board. That's <laughs> Just great. great tonight. Tonight was incredible. Uh, thanks for bringing me in. It's a beautiful thing we're doing here. and uh, It's real. Listen to Jesse yeah. and, and listen to you do your thing. It's real. It's perfect. Yeah, it's real. I'm glad you can join us tonight. This is, this is Jeff's first time co-hosting a radio program, especially with us, it's your first time. I think it's your first time overall, and I just want to thank you for joining us. I want to thank you for being a part of the Stoop team. Um, it, we, we have a we have a great cast of people here. John Leary, who joined us on Monday night, really, really good friend, living up in Boston. So it shows you that New Yorkers, people from Boston can get together, and Jeff from Philadelphia, it happens, man. You know what? We love our sports. We can have good debates, and you're going to hear a lot about them here on the Stoop. Some good, good times. Jeff, once again, I want to thank you for joining us, and I want to thank Jesse Itzler for joining us. Once again, Living with a Seal, 31 Days Training with the Toughest Man on the Planet. You can buy it pretty much anywhere right now. Just Google it, and we'll talk about it some more. Um, for for Jeff Perini, I'm Jonathan Raggis. Uh, thank you so much, and we'll see you Monday when we're joined by actress Jamie Bernadette. Have a good night. Stay safe from the snow, North uh, Northeasters. Have a good one. All right, Joey.